Welcome to Third and Nerd, the show that breaks down everything nerd culture with a little sports thrown in. On the show, you'll hear discussions about the latest superhero movies, TV shows, and comics as well. You'll even hear interviews from the artists and writers who helped create the characters you know and love. So strap on your super suits and fire up your flux capacitors, because here are your hosts, Josh Webb and Adam House. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Third Nerd. Uh, yesterday, we had the privilege of talking with Loki author Daniel Kibblesmith, and today we have absolutely crushed it and knocked it out of the park. We will be speaking to uh, the Daily Show's own Roy Wood Jr. Uh, first off, Adam... Let's. Uh, are you excited for this one? Of course I am. I'm very, very excited. Very excited. All right. Well, without much further ado, let's go ahead and bring in the Bama Hammer himself, straight out of Birmingham, Mr. Roy Wood Jr. Man, Roy, thank you so much for taking the time and working with us to get this thing uh, all situated. Yo, I might start calling myself the Bama Hammer. I kind of like that. You should call yourself the Bama Hammer. I see no reason whatsoever for you not to. That sounds like a strip club alias of a banker. You know, it's funny. I I was talking to a a UFC fighter, uh, Marcus Brimage. I don't know if you're familiar with him at all. Uh, he, He only had a hot cup of coffee in the UFC, but he's from Alabama himself. And uh, the one thing he loved to talk about was his love of big girls, because he's like, you grab their back, titty. You grab the ankle, titty. And uh, I, I'm just curious, like, is this is this a Bama thing, the, the love for the big girls? Is that a Bama thing? Or um, I, I have it, too. I think it's a Southern thing, for sure. You know, I think you see a lot. I think you see people with a lot more meat on their bones in the South and the Midwest, probably. Um, you know, a lot of real thin people out there in the land of avocados and smoothies out there in L.A. But, you know, down south, you know, grits are essentially a smoothie. Yeah, we don't all we like. I don't even know what California girls are like. Katy Perry sings about them, but I'm not sure. Like, is it avocado toast and Panera? I mean, who knows, man? California girls are uh, are women who would die in a southern winter. <laughs> I got I got to ask though, how do you handle the humidity? Because that's that's the only part of southern living that I think would would kill me. 
<laughs> you know, that part of it, it's hard to explain. I just think that you just get used to it. And one day, it, that's, if that's always your norm and it's all you know, then it's this weird adjustment period. Um, but you can't go back once you leave. That's the thing that sucks is that I moved to L.A. for about seven, eight years. And then anytime I went down south to visit my mom, it was just literally an ordeal. It just it literally to this day, it's still terrible. I'm just not a fan of just like it makes you want to fight babies. You know, it does. It really and, does, man. And I'll, and I'll fight a baby. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll fight a baby over some candy. They talk about like taking candy from a baby. I have no issue doing that. If I want the candy and it's delicious candy, then that baby's going to have a bad day. <laughs> Agreed. So let me uh, I'll go ahead and jump into it and then I'll toss it over to Adam. So I'll, I just kind of want to start out for my own personal amusement and sort of and sort of get how the whole daily show thing came about. Now, obviously, you had to put, you know, the time, the effort, the years on the comedy circuit. That stuff's built into it. But but how did the daily show itself come into being for your life like what 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 brought that about was it your mutual interest of politics did you just kind of was it a gig that just happened or or or, or what's the deal there so so i so to take you back i i gotta take you back 2015 um on that so in 2015 i was doing a lot of stuff on espn i was kind of a regular across the network, just being the practical joke guy, you know, on Sports Nation and all of that stuff. And so, you know, a lot of people don't, I don't think people care to acknowledge this truth, but the truth is that it is extremely difficult to combine sports and comedy. It is very hard to find a joke that properly, um, how can I put it? It's very difficult to find a joke that properly dissects an issue without making the team upset, the players upset, the sponsors upset, or the league upset. It's 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 the four horsemen of getting terminated as a comedian, you know. So I was able to do a decent job over at Sports Nation, you know, combining humor and uh, comedy, and that so couple that. With, um, you know, a friend of mine, Neil Brennan, co-creator Chappelle Show, who kind of put my name, well, it didn't kind of, he put my name in the producer's ears. And they went back and kind of looked at some of the stuff that I've been doing on ESPN and felt like that was enough to warrant an audition. And so I came in and did the audition and that was it. You know, I think what Trevor was looking for, and I think it's just something that complements his stand-up. Um, I just think he wants comedians that are able to take, you know, things that are a little edgy and be able to put a little life to them. Um, and if you can make sports funny and navigate that tightrope, politics is actually easier. And, you know, I've always felt like politics, I don't want to say sports is scarier than politics, but I would much rather argue politics than sports with someone. I, I would rather I would rather argue I would rather talk about politics. Uh, I'd rather sports than anything, but 
you know, um, I would say like, you know, comic books. I would, I would rather argue that before well, we can do that sports because here, because the thing is that at least at least with a comic book to a degree, a lot of comic books are just religion or it's approached the same as religion. This is what I believe. This is why I believe this person inspired me to be the best version of myself. So that's why I like this person in their universe. Politics, at least you believe that the person you're backing, no matter how crazy, at least you believe that 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 candidate is doing something to make the country better in your eyes. Sports, we're just arguing about two grown men who caught a damn ball. And there are some serious hurt feelings in there, too, when it comes to sports. And I'm not about to fight you over a team that neither one of us plays for. I'm just not going to do it. Thank you. So, 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 you know, I feel like being able to do that um, was very, was very pivotal for me. That was, that was very, very pivotal um, uh, for me. Roy, I was just going to say, I totally feel you on that, man, because I have the same arguments with a buddy of mine. And I'm like, at a point, it's like, neither one of us played for this team Neither one of us are really fans of these team. Like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? And, and I and I love sports, and that's not a knock on sports fans. It's just, hey man, let's calm down. I didn't go to the school. You didn't go to the school. I'm not gonna fight you. It's the same with college football. You know, I grew up around Alabama fans, and you know they have a ravenous appetite. I have to know, are, are, are you War Eagle or, or I mean, I know you did FAMU, but growing up, were you War Eagle or, or Roll Tide? Or did you not care about either mm, one of them? I didn't really care. And I know that sounds like a straddle defense answer, but I didn't. I, I, just didn't. I, I grew up selling sodas at Alabama games. So, you know, I grew up seeing the worst in fan behavior. <laughs> And so when you you have that type of insight into a fan base, you're kind of a little slow to go, yes, I'm one of them. Mm, I don't know if I want to be associated with them. Yeah, I don't know if I want to push that that far. Adam, what you yeah. got? Jump yeah. in here, Adam. Get in the comments. Uh, well, look, before we, before we talk about some comics, I just wanted to see if you've had a chance before coming to the show today to see the new Star Wars trailer. That's why he was late. Uh, you know what? I've, I, I've missed the one that came out um, today. Um, yep. I have not seen it. Matter of fact, i got to find this um, this Vin Diesel bloodline and see what the hell that's about, too. Um, right. No, well, no, I'm here to tell you, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, the Star Wars, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get around to it. But I definitely do feel like some of the storyline has been Disney-fied just a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I I knew it a decade ago when Disney bought the catalog. Oh, they're going to dig up every dead. I'm surprised Obi-Wan isn't back now present day. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's what Disney is. They tell stories that they're able to tell again and again and that they're able to sell a little bit of merch on. So, hey. More power to you. They sure do. They sure do. Um, Josh, back to you, man. Let's open this up with comics. Let's let's start there. So 
Martin Scorsese's old white ass has apparently opened the door for other embittered old white directors to vocally, well, shit on the MCU, claiming that it's not cinema, uh, so on and so forth. Now, aside from the fact that at the at at, at the very basic bones of this argument, yes, it is cinema. Where where do you come down on this? Like, what is Scorsese so upset about? Is my question. He it's not like he's that other dude. Oh, I don't even remember his name, but it just came up today, and I'm sure you may have seen it in passing. Yeah, but, Francis Ford Coppola um, was the other legendary director. No, oh, there was another one today. Um, oh, like geez. Nate Nate some something or other. MCU. Oh, uh, what did he say? What was it? Yeah. I'll, have, I'll have to find yeah. this. But 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 yet, yeah, what is Scorsese so upset about? I mean, for all intents and purposes, uh, he is one of the most uh, successful uh, gangster film directors of of all time. Like, what? Why is he so pissed off that the MCU is succeeding? I think that people that want to tell more nuanced stories, they're always going to hate the thing that the general public loves. Um, Marvel movies are fun, but I think where they really got it wrong um, was in their accusation that Marvel movies don't tell stories and that they don't touch on what I believe are various deeper elements of the human condition. Um and imagine living in a world where people say that Marvel movies are trash and they say nothing about Fast and Furious. Let's focus on the real enemy <laughs> franchise here, people. <laughs> I mean, it, it amazes me that what started out as a racing franchise, like a quarter mile at a time, has now turned into some shit where they're leaping out of buildings in Abu Dhabi. Uh, they are pulling down planes with their cars and stopping nuclear submarines. Yes, yes. What on yeah. earth? How did we get there? Yeah, I just think this is part of. I, I think. I think what we learned, if nothing else, from Martin Scorsese, it's the importance of dying on time. If you if you live too long, and I said this in one of my comedy specials, sooner or later you're gonna say something stupid that's gonna make everybody wish you were dead anyway. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I will say this as a black person. It's funny to see this much civil war in the white cinematic community. It's kind of like how black people all pile up on Tyler Perry. I was about to say, is this anywhere similar to the Tyler Perry phenomenon? <laughs> uh, well, one can make the argument that it is. It's, it's, it's close, though I wouldn't necessarily put what Tyler Perry does in front of the camera on the same fiscal scale <laughs> as a Marvel movie. Probably not. Probably not. But but I think there's something to be said for the commentary, and I'm saying this as a white dude, but there's something to be said for the commentary that Tyler Perry has in his movies. Whatever you want to say about him, you can't say that he isn't offering a narrative on story, being black in, in, in America and yeah. or, or just even being black period. Yeah. There there's there's some truths in in what he's saying, even if he is making a joke out of it. 
Yeah. Um, I think, I think, you know, I mean, we all, I think we're all in agreement. So, you know, you've got to let people love what they love, even if it's everything ain't for everybody. So because it's not for you, you're going to dump on it. I don't think that's fair. Um, but the important thing is that there wasn't going to be a whole bunch of overlap from school. Like I seriously doubt that there were a lot of people who are waiting for Marvel stage four, who are also hell bent on going to see the Irish. You know, I imagine that co-centric circle of anticipation of films. The first thing you asked me about was Star Wars. That comes out two months after the Irishman that Scorsese is doing. So, you know, it, it's it's wrong, but I don't I don't take it as a completely egregious crime. He's just old. It's the same thing with anybody that's old. They go, I don't get why these people like those things. He's from an era where you got one superhero movie a decade. <laughs> I think I think like James Gunn also like summed it up really well with his Instagram post. Did either of you guys do that? Uh, no. What did he say? Uh, let me see if I can find it. I'll read it out for you verbatim. So he Ken, said, "Me and my grandfather thought all gangster movies were the same, often calling them despicable. Some of." Our great-grandfathers thought the same of Western, the films of John Ford, Sam Peckinpah, and Sergio Leone were all exactly the same. I remember a great-uncle to whom I was raving about Star Wars. He responded by saying, I saw that when it was called 2001, and boy, was it boring. Superheroes are simply today's gangsters, cowboys, out-of-space adventurers. Some superhero films are awful, some are beautiful. Like Westerns and gangster movies, and before that, just movies in general, not everyone will be able to appreciate them, even some geniuses, and that's okay. The part that I love in this whole thing is how they still show respect for Scorsese and Ford Coppola just off of their catalog, which I think is really cool. Because if it was me, my first reply would have been like, man, fuck all your movies. It would have been like a straight <laughs> rap battle. <laughs> that would have that been that would have been my reply too. They have way too much. Uh, what's the word I'm looking here, looking for here? Civility. Like, it's right. I, if I put that much time and effort into a project and bringing that to life, like if I were Robert Downey Jr. and I brought the character of Iron Man to life, and here's the thing about what Scorsese's saying: he can say it's not real cinema all he wants, but it was not real cinema to the point that major Hollywood studios were changing what they were doing to adapt to how successful the Marvel Cinematic Universe was. Like, let us never forget the glorious dark universe that uh, Universal put forward with the reboot of The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Like, they... These these franchises, these major studios changed their entire approach to mock the MCU and see if it would work for them. Like, to me, that's real cinema. If you're changing the paradigm in Hollywood, that, I mean, there, not enough people are speaking about that in general. They did change the paradigm in Hollywood. Yeah, which literally changes how things are made. It changes how how things are greenlit and what things are greenlit. So, yeah, very much so. I am curious, if you had your druthers, if they came to you and they said, okay, Roy, we are going to cast you as a superhero in the MCU. You can pick the character, 
Who are you going with? Uh, I can't think of his name, but the I can't think of the character's name, but I'm going with Chris Christopherson, who was like Blade to Mr. Miyagi in the Wesley Snipes version of Blade. He was the one who trained Blade and, you know, gave him his powers and helped him and all of that. I honestly, there's something about being the trainer to be, you know, being the one that prepares the superhero for the battle. I don't want the burden of saving the world. I just want to be the chubby best friend like that kid on Spider-Man. What's he, Samoan, something Pacific Island? He's got the best job in the MCU. Crack a joke, <laughs> sip the soda, and cut. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was Whistler was who uh, Chris Chris Christopherson played. Yeah. Now, that film also starred in Boucher Wright in what I'm pretty sure was her first and last major success. Yeah, she deserved better. She, she gave, did. She gave up that net to Blade to save the MCU. If that scene doesn't happen, we don't even get Iron Man. No, you know what? People don't give Blade the credit that it deserves for for not only launching the MCU, but squarely placing the goings-on of a Marvel Universe inside the day-to-day uh, interactions that we see. Like, Blade was really that first film that took a superhero, put him in a normal situation, as normal as you can get, and sort of fleshed it out from there. Everything prior to that point was was... Always, you know, guys like Superman or Wonder Woman, just powers beyond imagining. And and they were always placed in these weird situations. They were great films for what they were, but I personally couldn't imagine myself. And that's what I love about Marvel is it sets you in the real world. That's my only real knock on DC is that I can't imagine Metropolis or Star City or whatever it is they're coming up with. But I can picture Flatbush Avenue, you know? <laughs> like, you yeah, know. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I get what you're saying, man. Adam, take away. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just thinking, because um, it's funny you should, should mention that question, Josh, because I was going to ask Roy the same thing. Um, I was going to ask you, Roy, what, are you reading any Marvel titles at the moment? Uh, no, right now I'm um, I'm I'm chewing on a Walking Dead compendium, um, and I'm up to the part where I'm I'm pulling up even with the TV series. Though I don't really watch the TV series anymore. That's a separate conversation. Um, mm. But it's um, it, it, I'm getting to the part where they're getting to the Whisperers um, as the main. Uh, as the main big bat on the show. Those those Walking Dead companions, they're a big book. I've got I think I've got the first one. Um uh, don't know how many issues are in it. But holding that bad boy, it's like holding like a big ass Bible. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> they are not a light read. Literally. It's it's I'm not I'm not a fan of horror, just as a genre separate and apart from this, but the the Walking Dead compendiums are the first thing I've ever read. Where, where people go, it's a real page turner. I get it now. Mm-hmm. I understand where that comes from, and I'm extremely slow to because re- you live in your head with the fears and everything. And 
once that's and and I know it's hard to make a TV show based on source material that's still active and adhere to the source material concurrently. Game of Thrones had this problem, but it's just the, the the TV show started taking so many liberties with a lot of the characters that if you're a reader of the compendiums in the actual graphic novel, I really think it's difficult to enjoy both. I think it's a difficult to enjoy both in the same time, space-time continuum. So I decided to pick one. And so I think after like season six or seven of the TV show, I started watching other things. And now I'm going to finish all the compendiums and get caught up on all of the print and then mm-hmm. go back and watch the TV show. Because the TV show was also spoiling a lot of the book just because it did the chronology of it and when they introduced characters like there's people in the book that were there from day one that you didn't see on TV till season three and you know people who were never there at all and you know it's just, it's, it just became too much yeah that's a fair assessment uh, I tapped out um, when uh, when we lost Rick Grimes but um yeah, I, I haven't even gone back to reading that. I think I'm like halfway through the through the book, but it's just at in my pile of of must reads that I'm still getting around to. Um, so I might endeavor to do the same. I dare say. Yeah, I'm not, and you know, it's it's you know, to each his own. But you know, if the question is what am I reading right now, you know, it's that. And once I finish those, I still have a couple of fresh copies of. Um, of Ta-Nehisi Coates' version of um, of Black Panther. You know, and, need to get back to me on that one. We're going to have to have a DM conversation about that when you read it. Yeah, I, I'm, not, we'll I'm not sure how I feel about it just yet. The yeah, whole I'll, Galactic Empire has me, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll give it a read. Uh, you know, there's that, and then I'm very curious about... Um, this this wonderful poet Evel Ewing, um, she was trusted to write a couple of editions of Ironheart, which oh, was someone I didn't know anything about until I started watching Captain Marvel. And then people go, "Oh, well, the black girl, she's supposed to be the new Iron Man in the thing." And I was like, "Okay, well, let me figure out who the fuck this is." So I got that on deck as well uh, to dig in on. You're absolutely gonna love Ironheart, like. Eve crushes it, and I've had the pleasure of going back and forth with her on Twitter a couple of times about her work. But but what I love about Ironheart is it's there's she's not trying to be Iron Man, and that is apparent in the way that Eve writes it. She's trying to live up to the ideals of a hero, but she's not. Cha- you know, this girl from Chicago, from inner city Chicago, isn't trying to chase down the dreams of a a, a billionaire white dude that went to MIT, not that she hasn't been put into MIT as well, but, but she is her own character and it stands on its own. And I love it. And her writing is just so her writing is very educational for me. Mm. I use comics as a tool. A lot of times, like I, I'm not saying that Miss Marvel was my only introduction to to Muslim Islam and, and and Pakistanis, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying it definitely helped. I am saying that it made it more accessible, and I could read about some of these plights, these 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 problems that are endemic to to these specific communities, and 
they are sort of touched on, not not resolved because you can't resolve those things, but they're touched on and 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 explored in these comics. And and Eve, in my opinion, is one of the best writers out there currently writing right now. Yeah, and she's great. I, I I sincerely hope that she gets gets more and bigger stuff uh, with Marvel. I truly do. Well, I, I came. I, I had a question that I wanted to offer you all. Yeah. Um, is there ever a point of critical mass in terms of the production of of comic book content, or is this all a byproduct of the plethora of streaming sites that we're about to be hit with? Um, you know, starting in twenty twenty. Like, if, like for someone starting, like I feel like if you're trying to start a superhero novel or book or whatever now god bless you like how do you <laughs> how do you get through the noise like what the hell do you make your guy do well see that's where my my newsletter comes into play and i, I haven't written one in in a month so i need to get back on it but i had uh, specifically designed a newsletter aimed at uh, i give out about five books a week uh that 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 are aimed at introducing people to comics without overloading them, um, because I exactly like you said, there is a point of critical mass. I think if you're a new fan, I mean, I can tell somebody, oh, you need to read uh, Infinity Gauntlet because that's a must. But then they're like, oh, but I want to read Civil War. I heard that was really good, and I'm like, yeah, Civil War was completely amazing, but. You're going from Infinity Gauntlet, which is six books, to Civil War, which is 96 books. Good Lord. Um, you know, do you have that ability to sit down and read that? You know, this is sort of my question <laughs> to these people. Because there's events in there uh, for Marvel that, that they've got 100-plus books. Like, Civil War was broken up into two bundles on Marvel Digital because it was so big. Each bundle is like 50 bucks. And so I, I think that the biggest boundary getting in people's way is actually money. It's not it's not the content itself, because I find that when people love comics, they'll blast through 20 without even realizing it because they're not that long. They're only like 20 pages, but it's the financial barrier when you're talking about some of these books being five bucks a piece, four bucks a piece, and then you still have – uh, you know, the, the, the prices that they tack on to, 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 to track, you know, like the infinity gauntlets, only six books, but I see people sell that for $70 and I'm like, so what you're saying, this is $12 a book. Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Hey guys, I have actually the same question about the movies. Do you think there's going to be a point where people reach fatigue and are like, okay, no. You don't think because, so? No, because everybody calls them superhero movies. And Adam, I may be wrong on this, but I don't see them as superhero movies. I see them as Ant-Man was a heist film. Uh, uh, Winter Soldier was a political thriller. Um, you know, so on and so forth. You can break down these films into different genres. Like, if you want to, you can reduce it to superhero film versus non-superhero film. But I think every one of these films has its – they're catered to different things. The experience that you get going to see Black Panther is not 
the same as what you get going to see uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think also, you know, I think Amazon's The Boys has definitely mm. proven that there's still room for something new and odd. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think what, what happens though is that, you know, like if we use Watchmen, the new HBO version of Watchmen yep. as a, as an example, that's a, that's a human tale that just happens to have the weird comic book source, you know, the, the spine of it originated in something that was much more fanatical, but it felt very grounded in spite of, you know, which way it goes and who may have what powers of vigilantism in this fantasy world. But, you know, it's, it would be like calling like back in the day, it'd be like calling Blade Runner or Mad Max a comic book movie as much as it was just alt universe that just told a story. Interesting. Adam, do you concur? Yeah. Look, look, I think if we're talking about like keeping up with comic books and stuff like that, I'll put it this way. Like I was a sneaker collector for a very, very long time. And when uh, Jordan Brand just kept pumping out retro after retro after retro after retro, I started to lose interest because you're talking about every other month, there's a a new or old release, depending on how you look at it, of a shoe that's costing you a couple hundred dollars. And then you can't keep up. And, I, and you're talking to someone who at one point had well over 100 pairs in their collection. So I find collecting comic books a lot easier, especially because um, unlike Josh, how you, you, you're you more so a user of the like the Marvel Unlimited app. I'm actually like more of a hands-on tangible comic book collector. And I, I find it A, cheaper, but, but also more enjoyable because I'm being able to go back and get a lot of stuff that I had as a kid or as a teenager. and But I also buy new stuff as well. But I think the biggest enemy is time, in, in the sense that trying to keep up with being able to read all of them. That's the, that's the other issue, and I think that's part of getting older as well. So, like, you know, in between work, family commitments, I don't know, whatever else, social life, blah, 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 time is the other enemy. So, but... In terms of the movies, I feel like, and the TV shows, I feel like we're, they're just hitting their strap now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're 10 years in, but they're like, all right, now we're going to go hard. And, like, I just feel like there's so many, like, stories, obviously, and characters that are rich and layered that also touched on Josh in terms of, like, how uh, they can intertwine them with social and uh, current sort of topics and make it relative to audiences today, they're not stopping anytime soon. And I, I feel like I don't know if there's going to be any fee per se unless they have a few things. That's the only way I can see it happen. Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's I think, in, in just to wrap this up, Roy, because we know you got to get out of here, Like, I, I, I think for me, as long as there continues to be variety and they draw on the rich well of stuff that's already proven to be successful. I think that comics for by and large, we're waiting for Hollywood technology to catch up with the imagination of the creators. Uh. Once that technology caught up with the imagination of the creators, so much more became possible. But if you tried to pull this shit off in the sixties, like it would be laughable. 
It would be laughable. <laughs> the, 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 the costuming, the effects, and it would just, it would just be a joke. No wonder people wouldn't want to watch that. Like, it just looks stupid. And I think, aside from a crappy script, that's what really what did the Fantastic Four movies in too. They looked so absurd that you could just tell it was effect after effect after effect. It was really when Marvel started to come along and sort of emphasize the subtlety. And and then the effects just happen on top of it. Like that's that's really when it hit home. Don't place the emphasis on the tech, place the emphasis on the person. And and once that happened, it was over. Because comic books, uh, the characters themselves are so damn rich. And if you get somebody with the acting shops of a Robert Downey Jr. who can pull off that that arrogant ass uh, and at the same time the smart. Yeah, yeah the, the guy that wants to save humanity and get the credit for doing so. You know, these that's where DC, I think, has failed, too. They've never really made you care about one or the it's always been one or the other. You you cared about Batman. You didn't give a damn about Bruce Wayne in in the uh, in the Christopher Nolan stuff. You really only cared about Batman. And now yeah. DC is getting it right. Now they're doing some character development with Shazam and with uh, Aquaman and Diana. So I'm really excited for the release of uh, Wonder Woman 1984 to see what happens with there. But uh, before we let you get out of here, man, this is where I like to give every guest the opportunity to let people know where to find them on social media. Like you need any help with that, Um, as well as to let in your case, if you have any upcoming shows, venues, any damn thing you want to uh, pump. Obviously, people watch The Daily Show. Uh, but but beyond that, this is your time, Roy. This is the floor is all yours. Um, my name is Roy Wood Jr. Put an at sign in front of it. Put a dot com behind it. You'll find me everywhere you need to find me. Um, I'm not going to bore you with cities. I'm not going to bore you with dates and venues. So I'll just call out cities. And if your city is called out, then, hey, you know, I'm coming to your city and let's go get drunk at a strip club. Um, San Francisco, Philadelphia. Um, geez, I'm a professional. Oh yeah. San Francisco, Philadelphia, Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, Huntsville, Alabama. And that's enough for right now. I didn't hear any Melbourne, Australia on there, Roy. That's disappointing. You know what? I heard they had a 20 hour flight. Just missed it. Maybe I'll go do that one. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. <laughs> yeah. We'll do. Yeah, we'll, man. If you can get around to that, like, that's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for having me on. Pleasure. All right. Have a good one. All right, Roy. Take care. Thank you so much, Roy. All right. Adam. Yes, sir. Dude, how uh, how awesome was that? That was fun. It was – that. Now, was I, now I felt like you did yesterday. That went way too fast. Oh, yeah. That went super fast, super fast. I feel like we could have been talking to Roy for at least another two hours. <laughs> he, he's such a great dude, man. I really appreciate the time that he gave us because uh, we we had to work like hell. People don't know the behind the scenes of trying to get this all sorted out. You guys would not – you would think that a podcast would be easy to book. But when you're trying to book a celebrity – 
to a show with one person living for all intents and purposes in Los Angeles and another person for all intents and purposes living in Melbourne, you, it is incredibly difficult. Yeah. I mean. We move mountains, brother. We move mountains. To we make it do. All- like, I didn't realize how difficult it was booking shows until until we started doing this. But I have to say, Adam, that uh, this has been a wild ride. <laughs> it's only just begun. And that's the thing I love about it, man, is that we're only just getting started and we're already having this amount of fun. We're going to get you guys a website with a blog and, like, some... Some place where this has a home and everybody can check out all these amazing celebrity interviews, guys, because you guys are killing it. Yeah, we do need to get a website all set up and and do all that. Uh, If there's somebody that is interested in helping us that listens to the podcast, uh, just reach out to myself, Adam, or Scott uh, in any way. And uh, we would love to get that stuff going to centralize everything so we could – because I think it'd be great just to sort of have a player on the site and uh, if people want to check out an episode, they can mm, um, right there on the site. And we can keep a, a blog of upcoming guests. And, uh, you know, that that would also give us a spot to sort of drop in articles that we may happen to bring up, uh, as well as events that we may be talking about. For that yeah. particular week's episode, we could, we yeah. could, you know, if we happen to be talking about an article that people may have no idea, we could post mm-hmm. that article in the blog so people could then go check it out and get our, catch our references, fill it in. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. I mean, we can add it to the list of great ideas that we continue to have, Adam. Uh, well, look, uh, we, we have, we have many. Getting them up the ground is a battle. But on, on a completely different note, I've got a question for you, Josh, and for you, Scotty. Please. Do you know of any Marvel superheroes that come from Bakersfield? Have you ever looked it up? Hmm. No, I have or, not. Would, would... Scotty, sorry. I don't know if so, there are any in Fresno either. Interesting. I'm about to find out for you. All right, give me please, one second. Please, yeah, no, this is interesting. I now want to know. All right, because I was looking, at, I've stumbled on this before, and I was like, "Oh, this is an interesting little pool." Is there one from Melbourne? Yeah, it's a website. It's it's called the Marvel Database, but you can punch anything into it. So I just punched no, uh, comes up Universe Earth six one six Galaxy the Milky Way, uh-huh. uh, Planet Earth. Okay, so it gives gives you a little history. Groot and Rocket Raccoon went to the Fresno County Fair to see Star Lord's music band play live. There's, there's a little uh, little note. Now, whether or not anyone's stemmed from there, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it. There's been three apparent appearances of Fresno in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, two of those were in two Hulk books. Now. So, yeah, no heroes from there, or villains for that matter. Let's go Bakersfield. That sounds about right. (laughs) All right. I think we were mentioned once on uh, The Runaways, if I remember correctly. 
Yeah. But that was just like they happened. It was in the dialogue because my my wife and I and Trevor always whenever whenever Bakersfield is mentioned, we're like, hey, you know, we do that stupid thing. Uh, that that white people do when something is not important and they think it is. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I remember I remember doing the hey during an episode of the Runaways. Well, and the only time Fresno is mentioned on the national news, at least, is you know some sort of murder or mass accident. So it's about gang, <laughs> gang violence. Yeah, it's about right that we've only had supervillains be from here. The reason I stumbled upon this was was that I was looking up uh, I was looking up Roy I think on the internet in Alabama he was from Alabama so I, I don't know how I end up on this website but I was like yeah I'll punch Alabama in there and and see if couple, any superheroes come up yeah and he's actually got a couple of cool ones oh they're more so villains actually um, by the way Josh nothing for Bakersfield unfortunately yeah uh, no I did. did I, yeah, that's that's expected, as Scotty just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, residents of Bakersfield include Bushmaster. Yep, that sounds about right. Cardinal. And you mean Zom- Alabama? You mean not Bakersfield? Sorry, I beg your pardon. Alabama, my man. Yeah, Alabama. Yeah, I remember Bushmaster. Yeah, Bushmaster, Cardinal, and Zombie. You ever heard of Zombie? No. Never am I. Simon Garth. Is zombie. Uh, let's see where he's from. I've never heard of this cat. He was created by Stan Lee and Bill Everett and Roy Thomas and Steve Gerbo and John Bashima. There you go. Ah, he's from like 1953. That makes sense. It makes sense. So yeah, let's. Hey, while I'm here, let's see if Melbourne is in here. Yeah. Not Melbourne, Florida, for that matter either. By the way, I just saw the funniest shit on Twitter, and it's not really related to anything we're talking about right now, but it made me laugh. And there was this dude, and he was arrested on a meth meth possession or something like that, and his name was Tupac Shakur. But he yeah, saw that. Did you see what? that? Yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah no just, it was this toothless Good. white dude named Tupac Shakur. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I want to say it made. Uh, I want to say it made Apple News, but that could have just been because uh, I I don't know, like it was recent or some shit, like or, or not recent, local. Maybe he was yeah. just on drugs, and that's the name. Oh, he, he gave was the on drugs. There's no maybe <laughs> about it. He was arrested for meth. Well, yeah, like, but maybe that was just the name he gave to this part of the story. Maybe that was just the name he gave to the cops because I doubt his name is Tupac. Shakur. No, his name is Tupac Shakur. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Roy would have had fun with that one. Um, yeah, Tupac Shakur was arrested in Tennessee. We we knew on it. death and assault charges. We always we always knew that Tupac was alive. We just didn't know. He's now a white meth addict. This guy's name is uh, Tupac A. Shakur. Wow. Uh, and uh, he was a 40-year-old in possession of meth, and he tried to stab the officers when they went to arrest him. So Wow. I feel like he kept it on brand, man. He was arrested for <laughs> drugs and trying to fucking all- shank a cop, dude. That's 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 on brand, right, Adam? Well, look, some, somewhat, yeah. 
Somewhat. <laughs> but, hey, listen, listen. I'm not saying it's totally on brand. I'm saying that it, 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 if, if you reduce it to fuck the police and drugs, then you're not all right. Then you're doing okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's I mean, fair. if you get into the specifics of it, then you start to lose that sort of uh, 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 similarities. But if you just talk about, you know, oh, he he pulled a knife on cops and was arrested for drugs. If you just say if you just say generalities, then Tupac. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah, back. Although, if now that I say it out loud, I don't know that Tupac would ever had any drug arrests. And by drugs, it would have been weed back then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But bringing it back, I don't think he was ever done for possession. I don't. I don't think he ever was from memory. No, because he would have had somebody driving around with him, ready to take the fall for that. Yeah, I I know most of his run-ins with the police was for the first one was when he shot him. Like, uh, he, sh- he shot at them. I think he shot one of them because because they'd sort of like uh, started some shit with him. I remember that one. Um, and he got off. He got off on that case. I think. Yeah, uh, it was like he beat that charge. Why are yeah. we on the um, Australian? Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I was going to say my dealer caught a gun case, and he may get sent up to parole tomorrow. We'll find out. All right. Mm. Um. Anyway, uh, Adam, where are we on the Australian superhero hunt? Oh, okay. So back to Melbourne. Yeah. So <laughs> we got nobody, but the first appearance of Melbourne in a Marvel comic was Nick Fury versus Shield from 1988. Ooh. So okay. I'm going to try and find that and buy it because <laughs> that's kind of cool. But yeah, Melbourne hasn't really had much. Uh, much Marvel love. They've had four appearances, I think. And, so yeah, it's, a- it's 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 cool that we all have no love. <laughs> although, <laughs> although Bakersfield befittingly is still at the bottom of this pile. Yeah. I, people keep uh, whenever I tell them, you know, I'm from from Fresno, and even you know friends of mine, they go. Oh, you know, we're the armpit of California. I go, no, that's Bakersfield. The Bakersfield. You can always pawn us off. Yeah. You're going to be like, Fresno, at least we're not Bakersfield. Exactly. Whereas I'm like, at least we're not Fresno. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, no. This it's... show certainly diverted, didn't it? Yes. We're, it we're, we're both from very non picturesque parts of California. Let's oh yeah, man. That. We're 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 in what's commonly referred to as flyover country. Exactly. Right. Like there's no point in staying where we are. Short of being broke. <laughs> Short of being broke, uh, a prostitute, a drug dealer, <laughs> any anything. Uh <laughs> You know, that though this makes me wonder who is the superhero from the most random place? Ooh, yeah. My vote my vote currently has to go to uh I think her name is Snowfall. I think she's a member of the champions, but she's from uh none of it. 
Alaska, which is uh, Inuit territory. And uh, Alaska, wow. That's that's my current vote for perhaps the most randomly uh, placed superhero. But I am totally interested in seeing what our listeners may come up with. Most interesting reply will win a free copy of the X-Men script. There you go. Most See? interesting reply, the one who gives us for from where a uh, sh- superhero. Let's try this again in English. Send us a tweet of the superhero from the most random spot on the globe. And uh, the winner of what we determine to be the mo- the most random superhero will win a free copy of a uh, script of the X-Men, the animated series, very first episodes, Night of the Sentinels, part one and two. And we have other people uh, who follow us and listen to the show that can testify to the fact that these things are cool as hell. Uh, In fact, Adam, you can testify that it's cool as hell. This is true. I can testify it is very much cool as hell. I can uh, I can also. Because we're all awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we have one. So send us a, a randomly placed superhero and you too could win a script. This will uh, also see how many people listen to our show. That's right. Yeah, we're going to get like one reply. <laughs> But, mate, if, if there is only one reply, make sure it's a doozy. Yeah, they're, they're going to be like Los Angeles. They'll be like, come on! Yeah, let's figure this out here as, as we wind down the show, man. Um, what are you excited for upcoming? What, what's got your... What's got your goat upcoming? I know you... What did you think of the Star Wars trailer, my man? Look, on, upon first view, I felt emotive. Uh, I felt many, many emotions. Uh, I need to watch it at least another 4,786 times between now and the end of, of this week before I can just sort of formulate a full opinion. Sure, uh, sure. But I feel like it's definitely... Uh, going to uh, a uh wrap things up with nicely and i know it's hard to say based off of you know a, a little trailer but i just have a good feeling i, I trust in jj abrams like i've been a fan of his ever since like lost um and you know he gave us the force awakens which i really enjoyed um and even though i agree with roy uh, with what he said about the Disneyfication of things, um, I feel like after the Last Jedi, that it's only from here. And no disrespect to Ryan Johnson because I respected his I respect his vision. It, that just wasn't my kind of Star Wars. Film. I didn't mind the Last Jedi. I think the only thing about it that I didn't like was the death of Luke. Mm. 
Um, did that bother you? Uh, look, you know, I feel like if you want to be bothered with that and, like, I could be bothered with it, I feel like more so the death of Han probably bothered me because we never got to see the whole crew reunited. Like, Han died first, then we tragically lost Carrie Fisher in real life, and then they killed Luke off, who's no doubt coming back as a Force ghost because you can hear him in this trailer. Um or unless he didn't really die, who knows? But like, you know, we—I feel like we've never got the whole. Unless band they find back. a way to bring him back, since Carrie Fisher unexpectedly died. Well, look, they've got Carrie Fisher in the new film because they're stock using old, footage. old footage. Yeah, yeah stock footage, uh, which I think is cool. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play that. Um, I am extremely happy that I get to see Lando Calrissian one last time. Um, that's amazing. Lando was one of my favorites from the jump, and I feel like we've never had enough Lando over the course of the entire franchise. So more Lando is definitely a good thing. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's Star Wars. You know, it, whenever a new Star Wars film comes out that's part of the actual saga, it takes me back to being a kid, man. Like, that's what. That was my first, you know, real fantasy kind of um, that I sort of, you know, really got immersed into. Um, and then obviously Marvel came came in a close second. But, um, yeah, man, like this is going to be an event. And uh, I feel like we're all going to uh, be tearing up when that uh, cinema, uh, when the when the film hits cinemas. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but we'll see. I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I don't know if I'm going to watch this in theaters or if I'll just wait and pick it up on Blu-ray. Um, it's not a movie that uh, – I got to be honest, man. I just don't care, I think. I know like, you don't. I yeah, care. No, I care because I love Star Wars, but at the same time, I don't care. Like, I feel, I feel like this, okay, at the beginning of the, the tr first trilogy, or even the prequels, you knew where these movies were headed. Like, you were able to pick up on what they were putting down, things were getting sorted out around it. And even if people didn't like the first trilogy, you still knew exactly where it was headed and you knew by and large what was going on. I have no freaking clue what's going on with these movies. Like I kind of do, but I also don't. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're planning for. I don't know what it's all leading up to. Like, <laughs> um, and, and that's why I don't care. Like, I want to care, but I don't know where it's all headed. Yeah, no, nah, that's fair. That's fair. Like, I think there's probably, uh, there's been a bit of misdirection. Oh, there's definitely been misdirection. I don't mind the misdirection. That's fine. Mm. It's I think... just not having a general sense of anything. Mm. I feel like, this is the thing, I feel like, because originally, obviously, they had three different directors on for each of these films. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like if they just kept JJ Abrams from the start, it would be going in one direction. Yeah. Which which I feel like would have been like it would have served a, the franchise better. I, I yeah, one hundred percent. And but you know, I get it. Cool. They are you know, obviously they gave three opportunities, one of them dropped out and the other one sort of dropped the ball in many people's minds. Um this is why I feel like JJ is going to get it back on track. You know what I mean? Um, well, he doesn't have a choice. Well, no, he doesn't have a choice. You know, <laughs> the pressure, the pressure is on. But I feel like if anyone, it all, deliver, it all ends with him. Yeah, if he can deliver in the fourth quarter, it's it's JJ. I feel like, yeah, I, I think he's going to uh, make up for. Well. One can hope that that's exactly what ends up happening. Like, I I sort of feel like it's not so far gone that you can't pick this up and, and start dropping things into place and bring it all around in the end. I just it, – it, for me to spend the kind of money that you have to spend to go to cinema these days, I just don't – Star Wars doesn't have the sort of gravity for me uh, – where it's currently at for me to justify spending that kind of money. Mm, that's fair enough. See, I, I've seen like every Star Wars film in the cinema since uh, yeah, Return of the Jedi. So for me, it's like that's an event film. Um, I can't not go. Tradition. Yeah, there's tradition there. I, there's something about, you know, the nostalgia and the magic of seeing, you know, that that blue like text just sort of scroll across the screen at the start. And then, and then, you know, the, the rolling yellow uh, text with that music, that's, that's, you know, that, that's a big thing for me. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I can't not see this. Um, it's one of those things like there's some, there's probably, there's been some Marvel films where I'm just like, yeah, I can skip that more so in the earlier in the piece than later in the piece. Um, but yeah, I could never, I could never do that with a Star Wars film. See, I could never do that with a Marvel film. Like, I have to go see Marvel films. I've seen every single Marvel film in theaters, and I will continue to see every single Marvel film in theaters on release day, if not sooner. Because mm. I've been it's fortunate like- to attend some screenings. Um, mm. So never, yeah, I, I, I never thought like like things like Thor: The Dark World. I didn't see that at the cinema. Um, an I, underrated <laughs> movie, dude. An underrated yeah. movie. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I feel like it gets a bit more shit than it probably deserves. Like that's I, because I they completely neutered the villain. Like he literally serves no purpose. Like he's the only villain in all of Marvel where you're like is he anything other than just the leader? Like, Mm. like there's nothing about him that says I'm the big bad, you know? Yeah. But in reality, we both know that Malekith is a motherfucker, you know, like, Mm. yeah, there's quite a few, there's quite a few Marvel films. I didn't see the cinema. I didn't see Ragnarok and I didn't see Dr. Strange at the movies. Right. Um, and that's 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 actually disappointing because when I did watch them, it was a, it was via Netflix, and you know so, I think 
especially like Doctor Strange, that would have looked amazing on the big screen. So Doctor kind of, Strange was sincerely outstanding in 3D. Yeah, that's another up. reason why I go. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it, and it's not it's not because I'm like, oh no, I don't want to see it. It's more a case of like time and money. Like you touched on it briefly before we were talking about money side of things. Like going to the cinema is not cheap. You know what I mean? No, it's not. Um, and when they're pumping out film after film after film, it's it's sometimes you can't even keep up. Like, you know, I wanted to go see Rambo and then I haven't had the chance to see that. And the joke has been out for two weeks now and I haven't even had the chance to see that. So, like, time and money are the things, man. You know, that's yeah. what it boils down to a lot of that's the time. That's really what it does boil down to. See, for me, I have all the time in the world. It's money I don't have. For you, you have money. You just don't have time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well man let's uh let's lay our cards out on the table since uh we've hidden them uh with regards to to guests um let's let's list a couple here like three that we've had or that we have upcoming on the show um now you guys need to know uh before we name some of these guests that nothing is confirmed uh these are all people who've agreed to come on the show it's just a matter of timing and getting it worked out uh secondly adam is a dog um there's people who track down interviews and then there's adam uh he is just relentless pursuit of perfection i am going to start calling him lexus <laughs> for that very reason um he's just absolutely on top of it when it comes to grabbing guests getting their attention making them aware of the show and then trying to coax them to appear on it um now i got roy um and i got daniel kibblesmith which is kind of uh which is kind of funny because we're talking about all the great people that adam get but adam got vincent so that's worth roy and daniel kibblesmith um <laughs> he has also uh tracked down who who would you like to tell the people about adam your this is the these are your interviews uh who we got on the on the slate so Tommyabi, maybe so yeah, we've got a couple of confirmations. Um, first up uh, is uh, a comic book name. Uh, his name is Jimmy Palmiotti. He has uh, worked for both Marvel and DC. Uh, so I'm in talks with him uh, presently. Um, down the, the pipe, we have a couple of other names. One of them uh, is synonymous with a title that both Josh and I have been reading of late that we are really enjoying. Uh, that is the Savage Avengers. And he's also synonymous with a title that many people will have read. And that is Deadpool. And his name is Jerry Duggan. Um, so yes, he has agreed to come on the show at a later date. And there's another name and he doesn't normally do these things. Uh, and I haven't really sort of like pushed for it, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not going to say who that is because I don't want to jinx it, but I will say that he is quite uh, well established uh, within the Marvel uh, 
the Marvel company, so to speak. Um, and that is all I'm willing to say on that front. Josh? Josh? So I was talking. I just had myself on headset mute instead of Skype mute. I said uh, if you're able to read between the lines on that one, then you should be able to pick up some somewhat of what Adam is putting down um, just by the way he said that. Uh, it won't tip the name, but you should be able to pick up a little bit of what he's putting down there and to the type of people that we're talking to. Um, so I, I think that is, is a, not a perfect place to end it because we are already winding down, but that is sort of the, that's what we're working at, man. Like we are, we're working our butt off to bring you guys the absolute best interviews and content that we can drum up. Like, seriously, we understand that you guys don't chime in to hear our dulcet tones. And so we're trying to bring you voices that are aesthetically pleasing and uh, and also have a uh, a a role in uh, in comics as we have fully transitioned to a nerd show. The third part is just us. We're the third part. So. Uh, I think that's a great place to call it. Uh, Adam, Scott, you got anything you want to add? No, guys, keep killing it. Well, I mean, Scotty's a large part of this success. He takes all our episodes and turns them into audio magic. And uh, Adam and I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah. 100. Hey, you're you're a good man, Scotty. Absolutely, guys. Guys, happy to help. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So. So, uh, if if you guys haven't already, please, please uh, head on over. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to say subscribe, but we haven't got. We're just going to go ahead and plug away with our iTunes thing uh, for where it's at. Uh, I'll, I'll have Scott explain more of that on another episode, and we'll kind of go from there so we can get this stuff on iTunes already. Um, or having a little bit of trouble getting a hold of people at uh, what's in the called to get a response on things. So I think we should just go ahead and put what we have on uh, iTunes. Funny you should mention the iTunes thing because I saw, I think it was Charles Murphy. Um, your friend Charles Murphy was talking about on his Twitter feed yesterday that because um, someone asked him if they could find his podcast on iTunes and they and he said that uh, they've never been approved by Apple despite uh, a couple of applications that they've lodged. Yeah, so. well, Apple can be kind of weird. Um, I I'm gonna once I do submit it, even though you guys try and be clean, I'm gonna uh, you know mark shows as explicit just to be on the safe side because if you don't, they can boot you Deny because you. of that. Um, but other than that, I mean, it took me maybe two, three days before I heard back from Apple. It didn't take too long. So I just want to get you guys on there before they totally shut down iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's end this thing and we can talk about that off air. 
Yeah. So if you uh, if uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but 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 Adam Adam has has sincerely lined up some some efforts that could put us on the map, um, even more so. Uh, it might, it, we might upgrade to Google Street View, uh, with some of the names that Adam has. So, uh, buddy man, uh, I just want to say thank you for, for making this work. Uh, I know, I know that, uh, it was, we did this sort of last minute, changed up everything and we're going on a day that we don't normally talk. So I just want to say thank you, buddy, for, for hanging in there and making sure that this got done. Oh, you're welcome, man. I'm glad I wasn't talking to you. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Is your name Adam? Sorry, dude. (laughs) Yes. You, Scott. Yes, I, love you. I, I had to pull that out of my butt and say that to you because <laughs> you just set it right up on the table. <laughs> no, uh, sincerely, it, sincerely, <laughs> it may seem like we beat down on Scott, but he really is. He he's sort of the first member of this podcast. Uh, That's why I took that. Really wanted, I'm sorry. Really want to know what it comes down to? Scott's the one that approached me. Back in the day when we first met about doing a podcast uh, that he'd already kind of had. So I didn't even create the podcast and then have Scott. Scott had the podcast and then brought me on. So he's really the first member of this trio, even if he does get a little bit of shit every now and then. Scotty, Scotty, your new your new title is the architect. That is what I'm calling you from now on. Hey, I it's the architect. It. You're Lexus, and I'm Bakersfield. <laughs> well, <laughs> nah, but seriously though, um, it was a pleasure, man. It wasn't wasn't difficult at all to coordinate. Um, uh, I feel like uh, you know, being more alive, awake, and alert than I normally am in the wee hours of the morning definitely aided our cause. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, man. Um, talking to Roy was was a hoot, and us spitballing about everything from Star Wars to uh, meth addicts named Tupac Shakur <laughs> and, and, and where Bakersfield lies in the Marvel Universe. You know, man, like this is what we're... We hit on every about. subject, dude. Like, <laughs> you cannot say this wasn't a well-rounded episode. <laughs> so, uh, for Adam, for Scotty, this is your boy Josh. Uh, if you haven't already, this is what I was going to say. Head on over to Twitter and give the podcast a follow at the number three RD and nerd. It's third and nerd with a three at the front. So it's third, how you traditionally spell it, three RD and nerd. Um, and you can also, while you're there, click the follow button on Adam Howells, um, at Howzito on Twitter, H-O-W-S-I-T-O. And you can also follow me at Fight on Twist. Um, and I would say follow Scotty, but he doesn't use Twitter. So <laughs> I do. I do too. When? Not much, but I do. I've, oh, okay. I, I've, I've so tell me, why would I tell people to follow somebody who doesn't use Twitter much? I've tweeted out more, but don't tell oh. people I don't use Twitter because I do. That's fair. Okay. He uses it 
but he uses it less than I use Facebook, which is not very often. Um, so, but you can follow Scotty at what is it these days? I am at SWJ Speaks. SWJ, that's those are his initials. Speaks. You so, can also follow my podcast at BTBL Podcast. Give somebody an inch. If you if you haven't if you haven't no seriously Scotty I hooked him up with the NFL Network Steve Weish and they had a very spirited and enthusiastic conversation about just about everything uh, life sports I mean you name it man Scott Scott it's really about growth is really what it was about growing changing and 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 we got real. Yeah, growing, it, changing, and life is it, really the best way to describe it. No, but, it, was, uh, it was a really good conversation, man. I enjoyed it, and we covered all that in about a half hour. So Yeah, and so if you, if you haven't had the chance, do, do check out Scott's podcast. I was joking, saying to give an inch, they'll take a mile, but – but you need to check out his podcast because I keep tossing in people. So if you guys aren't listening, that means I'm working for nothing. So yeah. we can't have that. Exactly. And likewise, if you're not listening to our show, that means Scott's working for nothing. We can't have that. Well, what else is new? I've been working for nothing for years, but you know. Yeah, that's that's the journalism industry. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Anyways, for, for Adam, Scott. I'm your boy Josh. We'll be back uh, whenever we're back. I don't even know these days. Uh, But thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Third and Nerd, and we out.